holiday season and Reds fans are happy with our gifts so far. Now we're emptying our red stockings, looking for more pitchers and the answer to the center field question. So, I'm Jeff. I'm Tom. I'm Kim. And we are the Three Old Reds fans coming to you from Studio 82 down the street from our good friends at Beans in the heart of Cedarville. The most famous birthplace and final resting place of Reds pitching legend Bumpus Jones. Why did I say most famous? It is the famous. It's the only one. But it is most famous as well. I said that that most famous, like there's more than one. (laughs) And Jeff's a little under the weather today, but he's he's playing through the pain. It's just a little. Like all great players do. It's just early morning. This uh, could be his Jordan game broadcast. That's right. It's just early morning, uh, you know, sinus stuff. So I didn't get up till nine. Early morning. It's, it's ten twenty. We're in California. It's, I, woke, I woke up at nine thirty. So it's ten twenty. I got up at nine. He got up at nine thirty. You know, it's vacation. Seven thirty. I was looking forward to the podcast. I'm I sorry, was. Guys. I was up. I, I didn't go to. I probably didn't go to sleep till twelve thirty. So <laughs> anyway, if you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app or website, thank you for being one of the most loyal Reds fans ever, especially through the last few years. We do have a five-star rating on iTunes, but you didn't know that. So rate us and leave a review to help more Reds fans find us. Does it count? Only if it's a five-star, though. If you want to give us a one-star, then go away. If, we don't want you. Does it count if we rate ourselves as five-star? You can. Sure. You can. Anything to boost the ratings. How do you think we got the one rating? <laughs> That's what I was saying. <laughs> anyway, we'll read your review on the next show if you leave us one. Unless you say you don't like us, then we might not read it. But... If you're not subscribing, get with it. The rebuild is red hot, and you want to be on board when that next great Reds team plays in October. The machine pieces are being put oh, together. Oh, yes. So, welcome to episode 35 and a Reds front office we haven't seen the likes of for a long time. Isn't it wonderful? Real quickly, real quickly, episode 35, who's the most famous 35? I don't know. You tell me. Don. Don Gullet. Don Gullet, yeah. There you go. All right. Is that the most famous one? I didn't look it, that up this he, time. Incredible athlete. Great, hated it when he went to the Yankees as a free agent. Well, that was the beginning of the free agency. So. Yes, it was. A little bit before then, but yeah. But you know what I mean. For, for the Reds, that's, that's the was, first right. one we really lost to the Yankees, as I recall. Of all teams, too. Yeah. And he went from that short hair and everything into the Yankees. He had to he let his hair grow out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. The only thing worse is if he would have went to the Dodgers at the time. So, so what do you guys... Just we're going to talk. I got some stats here. We can talk through each player a little bit that, that we've picked up. Um, but just what's your uh, what's your overall thought? Why don't you announce without, the trade? That the well, the trade was well. Yeah. Everybody knows by now, I guess. But we we got rid of Homer Bailey, traded a couple prospects, um, Gene Downs and Josiah Gray, um, who are really good low level prospects. But mm-hmm. uh, we didn't trade away anybody. As you said earlier, that's like 12 to 18 months away from being kind of big league ready. Um, and we got Alex Wood, Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, and what's the other guy? I got his name here. That's why I said go ahead and pull him up. The four. Who's the fourth the guy from the catcher. Dodgers, the backup the catcher. catcher guy? Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember his name. Kyle Farmer. So. Um, who Which was, a lot of pundits have been <clears throat> wondering, does that mean anything that Barnhart's on the... Nah, speaking, I don't think so. Speaking Which is, of, well, he, he, curious that, why they would add The guy's that. only had yeah. 97 plate appearances in the major leagues. I wonder why they he's threw him He's performed really well at the minor league level. Yeah, I think yeah but that means nothing. But he's, he's, yeah. he's I, also, too. But he's also, <laughs> he's also 28, and he's a 35th round pick, so... 
speaking of 35, he's a 35th round pick. Wow. Yeah, so I mean... 28 years old. Yeah, 97 I mean, I'm, I'm not... I don't think he's much. I, I, he's... I mean, maybe he... Uh, maybe he's a catcher somewhere in the minors. Maybe he's a better catcher. Maybe <laughs> he's... Maybe he's better than Casale behind the plate, plus he can play two positions, and so you keep him and you let Casale go. I mean, yeah. I don't care who my backup catcher is as long as he can catch. So, anyway, those guys. And, of course, we've got Tanner Roark from the... Uh, not Tyler O'Rourke. Or I thought it was Tanner O'Rourke. You said, and that, that Marco really Polo close. thing. Really close. I just shook my head, Tom. I got to be honest. With you, I just shook my head, and then I saw Jeff's uh, from the grave response and said, "Okay, Jeff took care of it for us. So, I, I don't need to respond." So, I was close. <laughs> yeah. So, a friend of ours who is a Cubs fan, uh, we have a group chat thing on uh, Marco Polo, which is an app. If you're not familiar with it, it's a it's a video texting app basically and our friend who's the Cubs fan who trust me has trouble getting names right himself um, things like that he uh, um, he got on there and asked us oh guys I heard the Reds made all these trades tell me what, tell me tell me about it I know you guys know so got on there and said something and then Tom got on there and referred to him as Tyler O'Rourke so I did correct him that was really close it was close but you know in the ballpark, maybe. This is baseball. We can be in the ballpark. Tanner Roark. Anyway. So, um, <clears throat> so there was a lot of cynicism out there. Ah, oh, the Reds are not going to do anything. Because and, historically, they really haven't. So, did you? are you surprised that they pulled these two triggers already? I am. This is a big time. I think we're all surprised at this. Um, I'm not surprised they did stuff. I am surprised at the blockbuster nature. It's the only blockbuster trade in the MLB today, this year. So far in the off season, so um, I think yeah. it, it, it gets some excitement in Cincinnati for once after all these years. Yeah. So you're nodding your head, Kim. Are you in yeah, agreement? I think with, are you mac- nodding in agreement with Tom uh, there? Or from the macro, I'm surprised because we're used to the Reds. Just especially the past few years. Stand Last pad. year, the big names were Goslin and Pennington. Eh. Um, but from the micro, from the hiring of uh, Bell, which has been exciting, the hiring of a, a pitching coach and a hitting coach, I believe. And just it seems like Bob Castellini's been going to be an owner and, and stay out of it. Yeah. From the micro, it's like you, you knew something that they had been saying for so many weeks and months now, we're going to be active, we're going to be active, and you couldn't pull another Gosselin Pennington move. You had to do something. So the level to this degree surprised me. And to, to the uh, poll that you asked, who am, who am I most excited about? <clears throat> I'm in the minority. My answer is not Yasiel Puig. He's the sexy pick. My answer is the pitcher Alex Wood. I feel so. I love his numbers. I love the fact that he's a lefty. Uh, I, I just think it's a great pickup. And to go with Tanner Roark, I, I don't know how most people say it. Is it, it is, is Roark? Is how it's is actually, that how most people will pronounce it on ESPN? And well, everything? that is the official. That Roark, is the okay. official pronunciation. Is Roark? We we do have. Like I'm going to row, say we row, do row have two pickups of three to four pitch, uh, a three to four seed pitcher, a slotted pitcher, right? Yeah. However, <laughs> we need them. We we need. Yeah. Them. Well, it's not like we had anything like that before. Exactly. It's better than putting Feldman and Wojciechowski and all those guys out there. So. Yep. It certainly is. Um, well, what I've seen is it, it's like now we did we did get a bunch of guys who are like last year of arbitration. Yeah. And so there is that, but. 
we have said we want, but what this says to me is like we want to we want to improve the team for this year, right? And I think in baseball you sort of have to do that a little bit. You, you if you want to be competitive year in year out, you've got to say what do we do to be better this year. You've got to have you've got to have um, a split vision a little bit. You've got to look long term with some things, and you've got to look yeah. what what do we need next year to be good well, and to yeah. compete, so that people will come to the games and and care and not be completely apathetic and say you guys don't want to win. I'm gonna you know when you read that all of the players have only one year of control, that's concerning. But the quick response to that is then you have that much more freed up money the following year. If you need it. Secondly, yeah. I'm thinking with Puig, who's to say Puig won't come in and hit 40 to 50 homers and say, you know what? I like this small ballpark. I think I want to stay here another year. I like playing with a Joey Vato. I like playing uh, uh, with Suarez. I like this team. And who's to say that one of these guys, oh, yeah. if not two of them, won't re up? I really it's don't very think. very possible. I really don't think Kemp will be with us long term, but. I don't no, know. I don't think so either. But the general consensus is Kemp might be used as bait, as bait for yep. a, a big time pitcher. Yeah, it's and possible. Only, I, I've seen the talks with Dallas Keuchel have, have subsided a little bit, but they're still talking about Sonny Gray mm-hmm. with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. So he seems to be the the latest. Yeah, top and, and are target. the and the Indians are still Bauer Kluber stuff is still yeah. out there. Are they going to deal any of those guys? Right. I mean, you know, both the. The first trade the Reds made in the Roark one came out of nowhere. There have been no rumors on that. The other one had been rumored, and then it sort of like died out and like, oh, that's not going to happen. And then, bang, all of a sudden, one day it happened. So so we did a Twitter poll, and we had 36 respondents to our Twitter poll. Which new Reds player are you most excited to have in 2019? So of our 36 respondents, 72% chose Yasiel Puig. 25% chose Alex Wood, 3% Tanner Roark, and a big goose egg for Matt Kemp, which isn't surprising. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting that everything's been hashtag get the pitching, and then as soon as we get, make a deal, oh, we're more excited about Yasiel Quig. I mean, he's he's an exciting guy. I mean, he, he'll... He's fun. He'll, name he'll, recognition. Name too. recognition. People know the name. Nobody. People are like, who's Alex Wood? Didn't we have? Didn't he used to pitch for us? Oh no, that was Travis Wood. Yeah, yeah, that happened. You know, who's also a lefty? And who's Tanner Roark? I mean, people know who Scherzer are and Strasburg, and maybe Gio Gonzalez right. with the Nats, but nobody knows who Tanner Roark is. Yeah, you know, Kemp had a. You take out the last six weeks, and it reminds me of Adam Duvall, but you take out the last six weeks, and really, Kemp had a really good year last year. Oh yeah. In a platoon or a DA situation, he would. Yeah, he. Well. I mean, he made the All Star. He made the All Star game. He had such a good first half. Yeah, I mean, he's thirty four. So, all right. So let's. I got some stuff here on the new guys, and we can talk through some things here. Um, Tanner Roark last year. Well, he's thirty two. He'll be. He's a. He's going to be. He's either just turned thirty two or he's going to. I I wrote down. I put down an age for what they'll basically be during the season. So. He was a 25th round pick in 08. He had a 3.4 war last year based on uh, baseball reference. I did not look at Fangraph's war number. It's a little different because they don't figure it the same way. In his career, he's averaged 196 innings a season, which is nice, even though he didn't hit that last year. Um, baseball. Yeah, still 180. Like yeah. Um, his career RA is 359. His year's seasons as a starter, I, I didn't include his first year. He, 
started and relieved a few times, probably had 20 appearances. I didn't count that one. But over, since then, 285, 438, 283, 467, 434. He was, um, last year after the break, his ERA was like 343. Yeah. So he finished well. He was very up and down last year, and I know that because I had him on my fantasy team. I had a horrible pitching staff on my fantasy baseball team because I had Homer Bailey too. Um, and he was – and so he was so up and down. Like I, I I, had him in my lineup. He got shelled a couple times. I put him down, and he pitched well. well I couldn't – I could never find him on the right, you know, right time. In the second half, though, he was, like I said – 11 starts after the All-Star break, and he had a 3.43 ERA. So that was good. So he's joining. Why did we have to get the pitching? Well, last year the Reds were in the National League, next to last in ERA for starters. Starting pitchers were had a 5.02 ERA, which was next to last. Uh, posing batting average was 274, which was next to last. They gave up the most home homers. Yeah. Gave up the most home runs, 151, and. Opposition OPS numbers were 804, which was dead last in the in the National League. So they they had the they gave it the most homers, the highest OPS, next to highest batting average, and they had the next to highest ERA as a, as a starting. We well, I'm just to, saying that that's why. Why are you bringing up because history, Jeff? because this is why we did this. So are Tanner Roark with those numbers and Alex Wood going to help? And I obviously they can. Um, it's an improvement. Um, no matter what they do. And what's been one of the big selling points, I think, on trying to trying to find pitchers has been, like, get the ground ball guys, right? Mm-hmm. Guys that don't give up a lot of home runs. So in his career, Roark has only allowed .9 home runs per nine innings. Um, and Alex Wood, who is 28, he was a second-round pick in 12. He came up with the Braves. He pitched for the Braves for two, three years, and the Dodgers trading to the Dodgers. His career ERA is 3.29, and uh, he's been over 150 innings the past two years. And his home runs per nine innings average is 0.8. Wow. So the Reds, contrast that with the Reds of last year, which is why I'm doing this. I'm bringing up ancient history just to show how good these guys might be. 1.4 home runs per nine innings, the Reds last year. And that's all pitchers, not just start, mm. not just starters. Last year's top six starters, though, averaged all between 1.4 and 1.9 home runs per nine innings. The six guys that made the most starts. So Castillo, Castillo Molly, Sclafani, Romano, Harvey. Bailey, and Harvey. Those six guys all gave up 1.4 to 1.9 home runs per nine innings. As a team, they were second worst to only the Orioles in Major League Baseball, 1.42. And the Cardinals were the best at .89. So wow. you can see there's a that's a pretty big divide. That's over a, that's over half a home run a, a game. So, and of course their team ERA was seventh worst in the majors and second worst in the NL. Figuring, you know, American League has a DH, so some teams are going to have higher ERAs over there. So back to that ground ball percentage thing, which I think is interesting. It doesn't always equate with. Oh, you're a good pitcher because you only give up ground balls. If they're all if they're all rockets, you're going to give up a lot of hits, right? The Reds were seventh best at that in um, baseball. The D-backs uh, were the best, 44.4%. The Reds. Wood is a 49.2%. He was the seventh best among NL starters. 
uh, who threw over 140 innings, and Roark was at 40.8. He was 33rd best, but still within that ballpark figure of what the Reds were. Um, so looks to looks to be improving on all those things, and that's why they're going after Keuchel because he led. He was the best guy in the American League. Uh, he was the third best guy in the American League at ground ball percentage, only behind Chris Sale and Trevor Bauer. And Bauer's a guy that has come up in possible trade talks for the Reds is why they're looking at him. And then there's Sonny Gray out there who's been on the thing lately we've heard rumors about um, starting to die down again, which means maybe something's going to happen. Who knows? And he's not a bad ground ball guy either. Um, and he pitches much better outside of Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Some guys are not cut for New York. Yeah, something about it. You know, I.E. Jay Bruce. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they're moving in there. There's obviously a, a type of pitcher they're looking for. It's kind of what my long way of getting around to this is they're looking for guys. We've heard that talk um, based on the guys they've been looking at, we've been hearing rumors about, and the guys they've gotten. They want guys that can keep the ball in the ballpark. And, well, um, to be honest, though, most it, of the top starters do are all that way. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. They don't give up a ton. Yeah. But then a guy like Scherzer, you know, we talk about like I, I was noticing when I was pulling the stats, like, oh, ground ball, you know, that's great. Scherzer's got like the worst rate in baseball for that. Hmm. Or like last year, at least in the National League, among starters. He's, he was only like 30-some percent. So he's, <clears throat> so he's high on other areas. He's high on other areas. Strikeouts. Yeah, yeah, strikeouts, he's really high. So when you strike out more guys, you can afford to give up more fly balls. And, and guys will get a homer off of him now and then, but guess what? There's hardly ever anybody right. on base. Right. <laughs> so, the old so, Tom Browning. Yeah, so that works that way sometimes for you. So anyway, so those are the new pitchers. Um, how? So now we're looking at a possible, with who we have, right? We're looking at a possible rotation of, of certainly Roark and Wood and Castillo. De and Desclafani, and the fifth guy, and the fifth guy to Molly, could be Molly um, if he's healthy and looks good. And I, he's so young, I think he's still going to get a great, great shot at it. I think he gets a, I think he gets a shot ahead of Romano, yeah, um, and Stevenson, and any of those other guys that we've heard about. Are we are we happy with that five for this year, or do we say you know you guys should do whatever you can to add one more guy? What do you think? Well, I guess the big question is, are these added guys better than, will their stats be better than if Castillo and Molly and those guys progress? And frankly, if they progress to the next step, it'll probably be about the same as these guys. Right. We'd have a bunch of, we'd have, yeah, if we had five starters that all had an ERA of about three, average about in the high threes somewhere, if our starting because last year was five oh two. What if that comes down to around four or a little under? If they if they progress and these guys pitch as normal, that's about where we'll be. That's about everybody. Well, I guess my point was, if, <laughs> if the guys we already have progress to the next level, that's even with these guys. Yeah. How much have we really gained? Well, you you've know? gained. You have gained. You haven't become a World Series contender, right? But you've probably become a playoff, possibly a playoff contender. Yeah, borderline playoff. I think you throw in. A guy that if you can throw somebody out there every five days that you know is going to give you, you know, two or less runs for seven innings, six or seven innings, now you're a playoff contender, right? Right. And does one of these guys have one of those kind of years, which you don't know, or which, you know, you could hope for that, but you can't bank on it, you know? In every podcast, I have to say, 
hope is not a strategy. Well, I know. I know we've all said that. So that's but that's kind of where we are now. Right now where with, we are now. With, you're right. with the five we have, right. we're kinda of like hoping one of these guys really right. is that is is a stud. You're right. You know, has is a guy come all star break that is in the conversation for starting that game. Now obviously if you go get another guy like a Keichel or a gray or somebody like that, you increase your chances of having a guy have that kind of season just because you got one more guy Although in there. Although Sonny Gray is not a number one. He's a two not. or three. Probably not. But a Kluber or a Dallas Keuchel, they're clear number ones. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree that, that they could definitely do that, particularly Kluber. Um, so the question becomes then what are you willing to give up? Well, Keiko, you don't have to give up anything. He's free agent. That's right. Yeah, I can't see him wanting to come to the Reds. I don't know. I, I, all things being equal, I agree. But who's to say if the Reds don't overspend on him and say, "Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do this"? I, well, you know, you know, Tom, you have brought out pitching, 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 and rightfully so. But you know, the Mets have had pitching, 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 some good pitching. Look where they are. Yeah. So we have to say, don't forget about the offense. And so as we're talking about if these young pitchers from the Reds <clears throat> improve to where they get to the level of Roark and Wood, okay, that helps us. But don't forget you also have improved offensively. And I, I just, you know, I, I say this. But, Kim, weren't we good enough to make the playoffs last year offensively? Nope. nope. I don't think so. Nope. I think we were. I don't. I think that right. the pitching was Let, really, really, really good. A couple of things that we don't league. think about we haven't talked about. Hitting, leadoff hitter. Who do we have? And I've been seeing a lot of people with saying Winker. Well, if y'all remember last year, Winker really took off when they put him in like the five hole. But listen to this. I'm seeing quite a few projected lineups omitting Jesse Winker. Reminder, Winker posted a .405 OBP last season and slashed 349, 460, 541 over his final 177 plate appearances. Okay, if we can get him a full year, and they're talking about now for the first time in many years, he's going to be healthy. I did not know that he wasn't healthy. You know, obviously the shoulder wasn't good and his wrist wasn't good either. Two, what about leadoff? If Peraza hits the way he did over his last 480 plate appearances, we talk about the importance of sample size. I think we probably all agree that's a good sample size. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, he had over 600 bats last 304, year. 347, 453. I'm fine with him leading off. Yeah. So am I. I and think so he's Kim, a logical guy to lead so off if at this we, point. I, I'm not convinced we're going to be able to land a true number one. I'm not. So if we can get a Sonny Gray type pitcher or someone who's an improvement over what we've had. Put it together with an improved lineup on the field every day and to throw Sinzel in there somewhere, I, I think our chances of wild card are realistic. Having said that on December the, the what, 28th or whatever it is. Yes. Um, Jeff, you knew he'd get the Winker stuff in. Well, yeah, and I, I, yeah I'm, I'm prepared. And and no and I'm not the only one. Twitter verses like, do not get rid of Winker. I actually think Winker would be a good number two hitter, too. Because yeah, you give him I that hole I, by first base when somebody you know, I think Winker's, on first. I think Winker belongs at the top of the lineup. Yeah, I, I just say this: we got enough him guys and Votto back to back with their foot speed. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, hey, I just like 
We're not building. <clears throat> not building. It. We, we traded. We're certainly we not. traded for Yasiel Puig. We ain't building for speed. We're but building for power in that a park. Which behind I think we need to do. Yasiel Puig, who is behind Avado, <clears throat> who is behind. I mean, j- here, let's just put it this way. <clears throat> I'm excited about the prospects right. of our lineup, like I have not been. If we stay healthy. And so, if we don't get a Keiko, if we don't get a Kluber, and I'm not banking on it, but if we get a Sunny Gray type pitcher, I think you know, just getting another Gray makes your pitchers better, and then you put together our offense is better, so that's less stress on our pitcher. It's like a, in football, the, the best offense is a good defense, and vice versa. Right. I just think it it can only improve our team, and our team has a a lot of way, right. a lot of uh, space to improve. All right, so. The leadoff question is a good one. I mean, it's as important as figuring out who's going to play center field. But if you just took – now you took some numbers. You looked at Peraza, you know, that after his start. Um, doesn't mean – yeah, that's a big sample size. But those other 200 at-bats still have to happen – the first 200 bats still have to happen next season. Doesn't – I mean, doesn't mean he will hit 305 next year. Doesn't mean that he still won't have 200 at-bats somewhere that aren't so good. I mean, guys go up and down, right? So, with that, not to, I'm not trying to burst that bubble, but. Well, you failed. Well, I failed. <laughs> so, if you want to, here's a, which, which of these two guys should get more at-bats? 405 OBP versus 326 OBP. Strikes out 13% of the time versus 11% of the time. You could obviously say the 11%. Walks 14% of the time versus 4% of the time. Has a WRC plus of 128 versus 97. I'm lost. Has a WOBA of 366 versus 319. Has an 836 OBP, OPS versus a 742 OPS. Bat, has a 299 batting average versus a 288 batting average. So, if those are the kind of numbers you're going to get this year, the one with the 405 OBP who walks more, who has the other higher production numbers, even though he had about half as many at-bats last year, is Winker. Now, now, before you finish, do you add speed into the mix? Do you add stolen base? Why not? I don't care. Why not? What what, what good did that do us with Billy Hamilton? I, I'm just saying. In new, ba- Peraza, in, in new Major League Baseball, speed is not a. It doesn't matter. Peraza, Peraza this past year versus Peraza the year before. Improvement? Yes. Tremendous. Trem- exactly. Now, I, let me finish. I, let me finish. I, go ahead. Peraza, I think, can still improve. Oh, sure. And so if we continue to see that improvement in his game, and, and you talked about, I'm taking it, Peraza was the 11%. Even if he wasn't, he's a 13%. That's great. He hardly ever struck out. No, no, but he, His walks two years ago, remember he went something like a ridiculous three, 400 times at bats without a walk, and his first walk was an intentional walk against the Padres in San Diego. But this past year, his eye was much better. I think if he continues to improve with his foot speed, he had 20-something stolen bases. Not great, but with the Reds, other than Hamilton, we've had nothing. I just think, I think he warrants that leadoff spot to start the season. That's, I'm not saying Peraza would be a bad leadoff hitter. I just think Winker would be a better one. I don't think I don't think speed matters as much anymore. They're building this lineup with for power. Speed hadn't done us any good in the 
with you know, Billy didn't do us any good. No, Billy couldn't get on base. <clears throat> right, couldn't get on base, so it didn't do us any good. He still stole more bases than when Peraza does. Yeah, getting on base. So I don't know that that. I'm like I don't know how much that matters. It might. I also think a guy in the batting seventh who steals in front of guys who aren't power hitters getting in a scoring this, position is po- may, podcast, maybe be maybe be good after too. This podcast. It'd be interesting to see if we could find the numbers of Winker's productivity or his stats from the leadoff hole. Oh well, but no. see that was early in the year, earlier in the year. So well, who's so to was, say he can't be good? So was Peraza's bad at bat? <clears throat> right, right. So I mean, I think I think there's still something to be figured out. I'm just saying, I'm just saying based on some numbers I see, it's it's kind of a toss up a little bit. I don't think uh, – um, I just want a guy – I think the guy who's going to be more productive, get on base more, is a guy you want to get more at-bats. Well, that's baseball, baseball 101. So wouldn't that be Votto historically? Well, well, baseball yeah. 101 is your wouldn't best be three hitters. Historically. historically your first three I don't, I don't. Yeah, your first three guys. So why can't they bat one, two? They could bat one, two. You could, you could argue well, you, could put Votto, you could put Votto second and Suarez third. Yeah, or you could bat these guys one too. And we haven't mentioned Scooter Jeanette. Who can uh, Scooter's still a middle of the order guy. Suarez, we haven't. Here's the here's the mentioned. thing. I, here's the thing I like about Winker over Winker. Both any guy anybody can go in a hitting slump. Winker can still is, get is on base. Winker is still going to get on base more, yeah. even if he's slumping a little bit. Because he's, of his eye. Because of his eye, he's going to get on base more. Because even if Peraza walks more this year, he's still not going to walk as much as Winker. Probably not, and that's that's a good point. So that's that's he's it's a little more slump proof to have a guy up there who gets on base that and walks that much. Well, then you could put Peraza at nine. Well, you, I don't like that. Me either. I don't really. I I just don't. I think that was well. I think that was like Billy, get your act together. Based more on than what you just else. said, then Votto's our leadoff hitter. No, I don't mean that. I mean but, but I'm talking, talking top of the slump proof. I'm, I'm talking about then, guys in the top part of the order versus the bottom part of the order. I would rather see. Winker batting in the top three than in the middle to the bottom, like sixth. I think you get – I'd rather see him bat one or two versus six. I can handle Peraza batting gotcha. seventh. That's that's what I'm gotcha. – I don't, I don't necessarily mean one. I just mean – Okay. So I, But I could live with Peraza, Winker batting one, now, two, or vice versa. I, I, I did not know about his bad shoulder. I don't know if you guys did it. And last night I was reading something. Evidently he's had a bad wrist as yeah, well. Yeah, So if that's true and he comes and, you know, he's hit the ball, the long ball much better than he did the minors. Yeah. Well, and then Peraza did that last year too, which right. was a shock. So hopefully Winker can continue to improve and do all that we saw him do last year – and be healthy and go long, and then yeah, absolutely, he he would be a guy where you'd want to be, you know, at worst a, a two to three hitter. So you got the other thing is, and I, and I see your point too. Winker excelled when he when they moved him down. I get that, but then you start looking at the rest of the lineup. Okay, Votto's third. Then who are your middle of the order guys? You've got Suarez. You've Puig. got Jeanette. You've got Puig. Mm-hmm. None of those guys are batting in the top one or two spots. No. no. So, Winker's, where do you put? You, you can't, it makes more sense to have Winker there versus a Puig up there. I, I don't, I don't, and I don't want Jeanette I'll try to answer there. your question. I haven't thought about this. Peraza, let's say Peraza leadoff, Vado in the two hole, Suarez in the three hole, Puig in the four hole, Winker in the five hole. That, that's, that's, that's as low as I'd want to see Winker bat. Uh, agreed. 
Agreed. I wouldn't want to see him any lower than that. And 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 again, like I say, if he comes in and that shoulder and that wrist is so healthy that he's putting up stuff that we, numbers we haven't seen, then yes, absolutely, the three hole I think would be appropriate. What do you think are that? I don't. I'm not ready to say Winker's a three hole here. What are, we don't have enough sample size for that. And what are you? That's true. That's true. It, Votto getting moved in the order. How does that? I know Joey is a team player, but and, and and guys will make changes and say I'll do it for the team. Does it change him? Would it would it change his approach? Would it change his mental side of things? He's been batting third practically all his life. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know how much that matters to to him. Does that matter to him? Does he feel like? I'm not. You don't think I'm who I used to be. I'm not appreciated. I'm as not much. appreciated as much. You're going to move me to the two spot versus the three. You're going to move me to the five spot, you know, or or something like that. Does that? I mean, I don't know. And here's the that's, here's, that's a touchy little here's ego the thing. Unknown and the known about Joey Votto. The unknown is we don't know what's going to happen, right? The known is he goes in the off season and he prepares, and he works on deficiencies from the year before. Yeah. But he ain't, getting, you any young, but he ain't getting any younger either. Did you see either. the interview with him this yeah. past year? Yeah. Yeah. I'm working on everything. <laughs> and I, I'm working. And, you know, he's serious. I'm working I know on is, everything. But he's not Here's, getting any younger. Agreed. Here's what I'd like. I'd like for him to figure out early in the season than waiting to get hot. You know, two years ago, he didn't do anything till June. The past two years has been May. I'd love to see him. You know, that's what spring training's for. Figure it out there. Yeah. But good point. No, good. I mean, even if when Joey's not the, hitting, he's still getting on base. If he went to the five hole, and that's kind of what I'm thinking about Winker. Even if he's not hitting, he's getting on base. That's why I don't want those two. You know, maybe have a, a person or two between those two. So who's the Reds' with three best hitters? Bob on the ninth, two outs. What three guys do you want? Votto, Suarez, Jeanette. Well, you could based argue, on the last three two then, seasons, and you could argue those guys should be all in the top four hitters. Because the way that the lineup turns around in the eighth and ninth inning, those top guys do come up. That's why you put your top hitters at the top. Yeah, I agree. So if you don't want Peraza over one of those three, I think you throw in Winker with an asterisk on that because it's Winker not has a sample size. No, well, with an a, the asterisk is the the asterisk is my is the reason being because he wasn't there the year before, and this past year his season was cut short. Right. But you just look at the small sample size; he was up there. And so that's why I don't think you can easily discard Winker. I may be wrong, but I wouldn't. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. This is still, this season is about, they've done things to say we, we want to be better this year. They're making, they've made moves to do that. I don't think any of these moves have put us in a position to think, oh, my gosh, they're going to the World Series. I don't think we no. think that. Um, it's not impossible, but we don't. Think that so, so I think we, you can still. I think there's still some experimentation going on with because there's still enough youngness to this lineup. There's so still what, some experimentation. What would take us to the World Series? Obviously, a number one, a number one pitcher. Yeah, is that it? Um, we need Votto to be Votto. Votto needs to be Votto, and guys have to. Guys, and that needs to have a year like he has yes, last year. Yes, and and a winker needs to keep. And Suarez improving. needs to have a year like he had last year. Suarez needs to be good again. Peraza needs to keep showing he can do that. The defense has to be a little better up the middle. 
Um, Gosh, no, no, a lot better. Oh, well, a lot better. <laughs> the defense has to be a lot better up the middle. Don't you agree? It yes, has to be a lot. Better. Has to be a lot. Which I think is, which I think, you were kind not to mention. Which I think is, you know, the one name getting left out of this that they still want to see what he can do is is Sinzel, right. and I think that that's a reason why you could see if they get if they if they are convinced that Nick Sinzel is is a bona fide major league hitter. Having, keep, even though they haven't seen Jeanette, they're going to put him in center field. Or they, they might, or they might move Jeanette. If or they, they could decide. deal Peraza or Jeanette for a start. Well, he's not going to play shortstop. I don't see them dealing. Move Suarez to short. No, they're not going to do that. He came up as a shortstop. Uh, yeah, well, and that's a reason. He why says he's he misses. He says there's he a reason why he's probably playing third base now, even though he came up as a. Short, a lot of guys come up as shortstops. Uh, Jeter Downs was drafted. Kevin Mitchell, remember Kevin Mitchell? Yeah, <laughs> Jeter Downs was drafted. Shortstop, yeah. but I saw him play a lot at Dayton last year, and I'm like, that guy's a second baseman. Because the guy they had, the Cuban kid they had, uh, Garcia, was had more range, better arm, looked looked in the field like a major league shortstop from a just the talent mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah, he made errors, he made mistakes, like a lot of guys in A ball do. But he looked much more the part at shortstop than Downs did, which is and the reason I think they were okay with letting Downs go in that Dodger trade because I think he's a second baseman, mm-hmm. and we got plenty of those, and you can always find a second baseman. So it feels like. All right, so you guys are the you guys are the brain trust. Do you hold Sinzel out for three weeks and then bring him up? If I think he can start opening day and contribute, no. I don't worry about six years from now. If he can start. Yeah, that's that's the key because if you're going to put him in a starting lineup, I, yes, I have a feeling don't, he's don't. not ready to start. All right, so I, let's I say don't we know. don't trade Scooter, okay? You yeah. don't trade Scooter. The only spot for Senzel, realistically, I think, is center field. Yeah. I know how Tom feels about it. Tom's going to say no. That's too much to learn. I think well, that short. Okay, give him a half a half a year in the minors at center field before you bring him up. I don't know. We've seen he's been playing all winter there, and he's going to play yeah. spring training there. Is that is has that been playing in center field in the winter? Yeah. My understanding. No, that's, that's now, I, when we that's say playing I, in center field, what does that mean? Is there a league that he's playing in, or is he just yeah. taking reps all the time? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I you know, it's to be determined. I mean, I think right. that's one of the great questions that we have going forward. All right, let me ask you this: so, if you if you can trade Scooter Jeanette and someone who is not a high level prospect. For Sonny Gray, they'll want, they'll want more than that. But I'm, who's they? The Yankees? Yeah, well, I'm not giving the Yankees. They 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 rate this for for Aroldis Chapman. I'm not giving. He's them still the, bitter. I am. Well, that, that was a stupid that, move. Well, that was our that was on us. I don't blame the Yankees for that because yeah, they, that was no, a good deal for saying. them. That's what I'm saying. The Reds ownership they blew that one. Well, but do you take? Do you give up Scooter? Yes. and someone else that's not a high level prospect for Gray. Yes, Jeff. I I would. Okay. Probably knowing if I felt like that—that that means you're trusting a Nixon Zell to step in and be a good player, right? Yep. That means you're trusting that. Yep. If, if you if you believe that that he can step in, maybe not have the year Scooters had the last two years. I, that would be it. That, that would be like that would be unbelievable. That would be rookie of the year and MVP candidate because yeah. even the Scooter never really got serious consideration for MVP mm-hmm. stuff because. Like, I don't know. He's Scooter, you know. But was, yeah. But yeah. If, if a rookie comes in and plays like that, oh, everybody's gaga. So we really rookie. don't know about Nick Senzel. We don't. We don't know what he looks like in in AAA. We don't know where his well again he's health hit it, is. He's hit at every level. 
He's hit at every level and he's performed at every level. So just based on that, <clears throat> how did he do a triple A? He did very well when he was not on the disabled list because of right. vertigo and what was it, the wrist injury? Well, I can tell you right now. I pull up his stats. Um, last year at Louisville, he played in 44 games. Ooh. He batted 310. Um, he had an OBP of 378. He slugged 509. His OPS was 887. Um, good numbers. He hit six homers in 171 at bats. Drove in 25 runs, stole eight bases. Mm. Um, had 19 walks, struck out 39 times. I don't so, have the percentages there, but that high. It seems like a lot of strikeouts, but if he was having the vertigo thing going, yeah. Be, well, yeah. I mean, I think that I, I think that that strikes risk. you one day and out of nowhere. I don't think it. I don't think he ever played under under that. His his career minor league batting average is three fourteen. His career minor league uh, base percentage is three ninety. Um, he's he uh, you know in seventeen um, he batted three oh five at Daytona. They moved him up in sixty two games. They moved him up to Pensacola in Double A, and he batted in, in um, fifty seven games. He batted three forty. Yeah, it was probably his best year. Yeah, and his on base percentage was over four hundred. So I mean, he he's. He's never um, he's performed at every he's level. performed at every level. The only the only bad number he has is his first ten games at Billings when he batted one fifty two and they said we're moving and they they only put him there for a little while. It's cold in Montana. <clears throat> You've been there. <laughs> and they only put him there for a little while just to get him in shape a little bit, get him used to pro ball for a couple weeks, mm-hmm. and they shipped him right up to Dayton, and he batted three twenty nine in. Um, in 58 games to finish that season. So, you know, I mean, other than that initial stop, he's batted over 300 everywhere he's been. Now, I know that's not the only way to measure a hitter, but it's a quick look and say, yeah, mm-hmm. the guy can hit. Mm-hmm. And I saw him play. I mean, he looked more than good enough in the field. And Third base? And he, yeah, he played third. He was playing third that year. When he hit the ball, when he hit the ball hard, he just – you know, you can't – it's not – there's some guys who surprise you and get to the majors. You're like, ah, he didn't really look like he'd make the majors, but he did. But usually he's not anybody that's all that great. Yeah. But when you see guys at single A and you think, that guy looks like a major leaguer, they usually turn out pretty good. And that's just the kind of – that's the kind of guy he looked like. He just like – you watch a high school team play, and you're like, that kid can play in college. Yeah. And you – doesn't matter what his stats are. You just you just watch right. him play and the way he moves and the way he swings the bat. And you watch Senzel do that. And you're like, that guy's got a really good shot. Siri swung the bat like that there. Trammell looked like that there. Jeter Downs looks like that a little bit at second base. Garcia, who played shortstop last year, I think has that look about him. Like, that's a prospect. We're expecting Jonathan India to be that guy. And he looked like that. I saw him play a couple of days, and he had, he had that little more of a. He's not very big, but he can hit the ball a long yeah. way. He's got a good stroke, you know, and he just carry. They just the way they carry them, you know, you just see that. And and Sinzel looks like that kind of guy. He's, he's gonna get a shot. He's gonna be a good major leaguer. I don't know if he's an, ever an all star or not. That's that's a that's a heavy thing to put on a kid, but I think he's 
he's he's done enough at these levels that you have to give him a chance and see if he can do it. Doesn't mean he'll be great. He might have three or four good seasons and not be any good. He might be Chris Sabo next year. I mean, you know what I'm saying? He could be. He could be that. I mean, and anywhere in between. But I think you got to give him a chance, and I think um, you don't invest that much in a guy and not give him a chance to see if he can do it. So we'll see. No guarantees, but he's got upside, let me tell you, for sure. So so let me ask you, you trade Sinzel and someone for uh, Kluber. I, I, I'm just I'm going to go through the form, formality of asking Tom. Tom? Would I do it? Yes. In a New York minute. Yeah. Yeah. Sinzel in that deal mm-hmm. for Kluber? Maybe. That's not an answer. It's my answer. You guys say yes I, or no? I, no, that's my answer. And see, my answer is no. His answer so is we're, no. We're, and, and that's what we're facing. So that's why I just don't see us getting. I, I think Keiko's our best chance, and you pointed out why would he want to come to Cincinnati. You're going to have to pay him a lot of bucks, I get it, and hope that a Vado, a Suarez, a Senzel, a Puy is going to be a draw. But I just don't see us getting a number one pitcher. Well, I think every day that passes is another day that we have a, a – I think that increases our chance of getting him. That increases it? Yeah, I do. Because I think no one else is. nobody else has stepped up to the plate, so to speak, that big yet. And well, – the Reds have done other things to say we're trying to be good, and that might be. Now he could go. The Astros did extend a qualifying offer to him. I don't know that he'll go back there, but he could. If the Astros decide they want to keep him, but they haven't really seemed to act like they want to keep him too much. You make the qualifying offer because if he signs somewhere else, you get compensatory picks, which is another thing about what the Reds with all these. That's another thing they gave up. Jeter Downs and Josiah Gray to get these got to do this trade. So, you know, because we're trading contracts here, we're not really trading people. So, <laughs> it's like hope is not a strategy. We're trading contracts. So that means, okay, oh, there's these four guys we've gotten in trades who might all walk next year. We ought we extend any qualifying offers to those guys, and they go somewhere else. We get those high level compensatory picks. And we get Jeter Downs and Josiah Gray back. Not those guys specifically, right. but we get guys mm-hmm. back who are that level of player. And that's what we get back. So it's win-win. It's win-win-win. I mean, it's it's win. It's a win for now. It's a win if you keep them. And if you make a qualifying offer, it's a win then because you get picks back. Mm-hmm. You don't have to deal with all four guys because – the qualifying offers usually this year was almost eighteen million dollars, so which means if you make that qualifying offer, you ha- and they take it, you have to pay them at least that much. You can't come back and negotiate it down to twelve. That's what you got them for. That's what that's what it is. So anyway, so I think it's good strategy on their part to to make. I mean, plus we got bye bye to Homer, and we don't have to talk about him anymore. Well, okay, Kim, you you said earlier. What are we missing to go to the World Series? A number one. Did I say the World Series or the playoffs? World Series. Okay. And then you say you're not willing to give up Senzel to get a number one. So if you're GM, I'm saying you're not re- you're not really trying to build us to go to the World Series. That's what I would say. I just that would be my in your face. All right. I just don't see us landing a number one. 
I don't. I see us trading for one. I don't see us getting a free agent. It's too much see, money, and here, we're not the right, right place. So, so you do it my face. Here's what I would do. I would overspend for Keiko. I would, too. I would overspend for Keiko. That way you don't give up Sinzel. You can still trade Scooter for whomever because you got Sinzel to slot in there. And then you've got Trammel, and you've got Siri, and you've got India back coming up in the next 24 months. Boy, but I would overspend this. on those guys because then by four to five years from now, guess what? Votto's going to be off the payroll. Have we ever, have, have a, has a Cincinnati Reds owner ever overspent on a free agent? I, but a small market team. Go back to the focus. You, you put it on me. That's what I would do. And I would say, okay, because he, I'm pointing him, Jeff made a great point about the fact that forget this being a small market, the money is there. And when Jeff pointed that article out, it's like no, but you that know, wasn't valid. Uh, I the think I think there's there. some validity there. I think there is some no, validity. Some of the, with look some, at it that way. With some of the money that they got, I know that I know that those values are based on you can't profit. Give them the value. Yeah, but if the value keeps going up, there's got to be. So where do you go on, Tom? There's, there's got to be. There's got to be. Well, isn't profit indicate value a little bit? Revenue value is a multiple of your revenue. Right, so but so there, there was a couple profit. things in there that where they where they got some money outside of normal revenue that they have to spend. That was a couple points in the article. Some of the other I can't remember the details of, but there was other money that was coming in. It was like fifty million <laughs> they got through some kind of other deal, some other thing that happened, um, like a Fox Sports contract or something. like yes, that? Yes, something yes. like that. So there's this money. There's like a a pool of money. There's, that's there's a in. there's a slush fund, so to speak. And aren't these owners generally don't they have their hands in uh, other venues as well? Ventures, yeah. Yes. And so General Cash West says, okay, for, I'm going to lose money here on my baseball team. That's going to be a tax write-off anyway, but I have steady income coming in here. I would overpay for we're, Keiko. We're all making a lot of assumptions there. Well, the amount of money well, well, well they also said they, they had it to spend and they were going to spend more. They didn't say how much more. Right. And right now the payroll as today is higher than last year. Well, listen, but it's I, got, it's, I'm with I, you. I think there's room to go higher. I'm with you. If i got unlimited money, why would I trade anybody? I'm just going to buy people. I just, I don't think that's realistic. I didn't say we had unlimited money. I'm just saying with the small market area and how the Reds have been and to get us on the the footsteps of serious discussion and playoff contention, I do think it takes a number one, and I do not want to give up our assets, and so I go after the free agent route. And I think... you got the money. Yes, and if you can overpay and not ruin yourself... And you can overpay a little bit, overpay a little bit. The problem with Scooter is it's a, it's a supply and demand issue. There's yes. plenty of a supply for, of second baseman, and there's not a lot of demand. So that's the – and the problem is he can only play one position, and he doesn't even play it that great. So, you know, you know my answer for that. I so. know. It's an incomplete league with incomplete players. Yeah, yeah. So, at any rate, so let's look at – Let's look at Puig. Just turned twenty-eight. Career slash line of two seventy-nine, three fifty-three, four seventy-eight. Two seventy-nine. Yeah. Kim, is that acceptable? Yes, that's acceptable. <laughs> three fifty-three on base, four seventy-eight slugging. Um, he's twenty-eight. So, <clears throat> Baseball Reference. If you scroll way down the page on a guy, they'll give you like these similarity scores to other players. 
So through age 27, his score, he scores similarly in these numbers to Larry Walker. Ooh, the cat. Jermaine Dye, Rondell White, Danny Tartable, Leon Durham, uh, Hunter Pence, Torrey Hunter, Tony Perez, Cal Daniels, guys like that. So huh. that's the kind of player he is. Has been through age twenty seven with a rocket and arm. With a rocket and his, arm, his his buddy is the Reds' hitting coach now. Yes, yes, and he which loves, is a key. He loves Turner Ward. Kemp just turned thirty four. His career slash line is two eighty six, three thirty eight, four eighty seven. Guys, similar guys through age thirty three of their careers. Here is one that takes you back: Reggie Smith, mm-hmm. uh, Carlos Beltran, Ryan Zimmerman, Tony Perez, Carlos Andre, Beltran. Andre Dawson, Bobby Bonilla, Dave Winfield, George Bell, guys wow. like that. So that's the kind of numbers he's put up. Now, he doesn't move as well anymore. He was healthier last year until he something happened there midseason. He wasn't quite as healthy. but And that's the guy people are like, ah, maybe we, maybe we flip him. But <clears throat> what's wrong with an outfield of, uh, I mean, since out, there, there's five guys right now potentially outfield. Shebler, Winker, Sinzel, because of what we've been hearing about working out as a center fielder, and then Puig and Kemp. That's five guys as outfielders. You're not going to keep nobody. Nobody keeps five outfielders, do they? You basically keep four. Now, unless can, one's a utility, yeah, unless one's a utility. Okay. And the only guy at that group who could be a utility guy based on positions he can play is Sinzel. And and maybe Sinzel is sort of a halftime player as a rookie, um, seeing if he can do it. And they go that route, and where he can play some second base, and he can play some center field, and he they do that with him. If not, if Kemp stays as a fourth outfielder, what's his what's his use? How do we use him? He's a lefty. Yes. Um. So no, I think he. I think he bats lefty, doesn't he? Can you look that up? I yeah, can't remember. I think he bats right. Is he a righty? It'd be better if he was a righty. Yes, we already have. Yeah, yes. because we've got so much I of that. Thought he was a lefty. I'm sorry. Uh, bats right. So, okay. so Kemp keep how, two lefties and two righties. So how, yeah. So how does Kemp get used? Okay, he's a really good right-handed hitter, right? And who's our left-handed hitters? Shebler and Winker. So you don't play him in a big. You don't play him at Coors Field because he can't cover the outfield very well. Right. But he can play it. He can he he can play left field for you at Great American on occasion in smaller parks when you're facing the great left-hander he probably plays well here's another yes. factor you that, know because yes. Winker's not going to play 162 games but here's right. another factor Jeff is who can play center field well you that's, only got two guys Shebler and Prig and Puig, play. right I mean and we're assuming have, Senzel's both not. have played it in very limited fashion right yeah but Puig's a right-handed hitter right mm-hmm. and Shebler's a left-handed hitter um, and so they can, I mean, you know, last year we tried this four outfield thing, and, and a lot of you know, it well, injuries help. Injuries help. Injuries kind of ruin that you idea. You have to play a four outfield. You gotta, somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to get hurt, and so it's. I, I'm 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 at this point I'm in favor of keeping him unless I can. Him being Kemp. Kemp. I'm in favor of keeping him as my fourth guy, because that's a lot better than Mason Williams or Philip Irvin or. Oh, no doubt. You know, he, it's a, <laughs> that's a lot better than guys like that. That's what we've always been. Who's our fourth outfielder? Well, some guy some guy, we, some guy who got to AAA and we're going to give him a shot. I don't know who he is. That's our fourth <laughs> outfielder. 
I'd rather it be a guy like him, at least for a year. Well, once again, if I have unlimited money, I keep him. Well, if I need him to get a pitcher, I trade him. I mean, we could trade his contract, I guess, before the season starts. But if you do that, because he's like $21 million, isn't he? So if you trade him, does that give you that money to sign Keuchel? I don't know. I think they're waiting. I think they're willing to make another trade, the Sonny Gray deal, the whatever. But I got to think they, they're probably waiting to see what Keuchel does. I think when Keuchel makes a decision. The dominoes fall. The domino, yeah, that, that's what happens. That's what happens. So we'll see. So, I had an interesting thought. Once in a while, I get one. I thought about Reds turnarounds. The 1961 Reds won 93 games, went to the World Series, and lost to the Yankees. What did the 1960 Reds do? They were 67 and 87. So they went from 67 and 87 to 93 wins and going to the World Series, winning the National League. The 1971 Reds, they had been to the World Series in 70. Mm -hmm. The 71 Reds were not very good. They went 79 and 83. Next year, they win the National League and go lose to the A's in the World Series. We all know about the 90 Reds, what they did. Wire to wire, won the World Series. The 89 Reds, now before that, like from 85 to 88, they were second place. Remember, mm-hmm. Rose came back and they kept finishing second. And and then 89 was a mess. And they went 75 and 87. Next year, they win the World Series. So, of course, the 75-76 Reds were coming off good seasons. But the other than those two, the, the last three World Series teams that the Reds have had outside of 75-76 teams were all coming off losing seasons. I'm not here predicting we're going to the World Series next year. That is interesting. You but would, the point you, is... You would have thought maybe you, second place or something. So you, can, you can bounce. If you make some key things happen, you can you can get better Especially pretty quick. Especially in this day and age of free agency. Much you, more than it you was can in get, that 60-61 yeah. year. Yeah, you can get better pretty quick. And those teams had good starting pitching. Um, I looked at it. They had some good... They had two or three really good starters that year. So what does it what does it take, you know, that obviously this team needs to get get healthy on pitching. So um so we raised the question earlier, I raised a question earlier too about the pitchers, okay? Yeah, none of these guys have been a number 1 before, but a lot of times in baseball, a guy has a number 1 type of season. Mm-hmm. It, you're that you're right. not expecting, right? right? It's like, and it might be the only time he ever really has that season in his career. But man, he has it once in a while. Mm-hmm. So, my throwback pitcher, the Reds acquired him, and it was the year they got him. They acquired him in November of '87 in a trade, and he finished second in the Cy Young voting in 1988. Only because of Strong um, finished it. Right. I think he did not win the Cy Young. Right, and that's Danny Jackson. Danny Jackson never had another year like 1988. Never. Okay? He and Hershiser both went 23-8. and eight. Their ERAs were similar, but Hershiser had that finish, had that finish with, the, with the consecutive scoreless streak, and so he won the Cy Young Award. So Jackson went 23-8. and eight. He had a 273 ERA. Now, this isn't going to happen today, but he had 15 complete games and six shutouts and threw 260 innings. 
only allowed 13 home runs that year. Wow. wow. So that was Danny Jackson that year. What did Danny Jackson do in 89? 6 and 11, 560. In 90, when they won the World Series, he started 21 games. He went 6 and 6 with a 361. But he was pretty good in the postseason. He made um, two starts in the NLCS and won one of those against the Pirates. Uh, he won game three. Um, the Reds lost the first game of that series, came back and took a 2 1 lead. They won that game 6 to 3. Uh, Myers got his second straight save, and the Pirates won. Had won Game One with a Ted Power save, which was interesting because the trade in '87 was they got him from the Royals with a guy named Angel Salazar, and the Reds traded Ted Power and Kurt Stillwell. And if you remember, Kurt Stillwell was the big prospect, and Barry oh, Larkin, Larkin ended up being a better player. <laughs> so, to your point, Tom, you never know about these guys, right? You just never know which guys are going to pan out. So um, he started game six. Um, they lost. Okay, they won that. Then he started game six, and the Reds won two to one to clinch that series. He wasn't the winning pitcher. He pitched six innings, gave up a run. Uh, Charlton came in um, for the win. Myers got the save. And Glenn after, Bragg caught the ball at the wall. Yeah. Almost knocked it down. Yeah. And then the winning run in that game was in the seventh. And this is interesting. This is old old school NL ball here. A guy named, remember this guy, Luis Quinones? Mm-hmm. He pinch hit as part of a double switch with Charlton. He pinch hit for Paul O'Neill and drove in the winning run. Of Ron, Ron Oster scored the winning, scored the, the go-ahead run, and they won that game 2-1. to one. So that's Jackson in the NLCS. In the World Series, he had two starts. Um... Game two didn't go very well. He gave up four runs, three of them earned in two and two-thirds. He had two starts in a four-game series? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because Jose Rio went game number one. Why wouldn't Brown? Jeff, that doesn't make sense. Jose Rio. No, I'm sorry. He had one He had one start, okay. game two. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I saw the two, and I said two starts, and it's a game two start. Not. I, mean, I can't read my notes. So he, he gave up four runs, three earned. Welch was pitching for the A's, Bob Welch. Uh, he left trailing 4-2, to two, and the Reds scored single runs in the 4th, 8th, and 10th to win that game in Game 2. In the 4th inning, Oster singled in Oliver. Um, in the 8th, Hatcher got a leadoff triple against Welch. And then Glenn Braggs hit a ground ball up the middle, and Gallego got to it, but he had no chance to get Hatcher at home. And so that tied the score. And in the 9th, uh, or the 10th, excuse me, Eckersley is in. Eric Davis grounds out. You remember this name, Billy Bates? Yeah, little guy. Sure. He got an infield single. University of Texas. He got an infield single, and then Sabo singled to left, ground ball through the side, shortstop, third Five base hole. Yeah, something like that, as I recall. So they're first and second, and then Oliver hits that, got credit for a single. It was basically a double that he hit over the bag. Bates scored. They get walk-off win, and um, it would have been a double in any other situation but guy scores they win the game and then you know they go on and win the next two and uh so he he can even though he only started 21 games that year he probably was hurt some that year was decent and then he you know he he helped him in the postseason yeah, for helped sure him a lot that year he sure helped him but um 
but of course the big year was that 88 year when he was just dominant um and that was it after that was he even a starter for the reds 91 uh i don't know i think he was probably gone by then because he, he, he was it Cubs or someone he he bounced around um i don't think um i can tell you real quick since you want to know uh he pitched he came up he broke into the major leagues as a 21 year old in 83 um yeah, he left the Reds, went to the Cubs, pitched there a little bit, pitched for the Pirates, pitched for the Phillies. He won 14 games in 94 for the Phillies, kind of a bounce-back year. Uh, after that, he was a little bit in St. Louis, finished at San Diego, ended up with a career ERA of 4.01, you know, just of some bad years. But he had some good years, obviously. Yeah, 94 um, was his last year. Looks like he was an All-Star that year. Yeah, he made, an all, he made the All-Star game in 94. Four and then he pitched. The last time he ever pitched was in '97 with the with the um, San Diego Cardinals and then the Padres and he was pretty much done at that point. So he was 35 and he was done. Um, but he thrown a lot of innings. I mean, he start came up as a 21 year old and back in then you throw all those innings. So it's, I'm interested to see what happens, what the record's going to show 20 years from now of starters. Guys wearing out in their early to mid thirties is pretty common. Are guys going to last longer because they're not throwing as many innings now? Are you going to get? And there's always been a few guys that have pitched into their late thirties and been really good, right? There's always some of the Hall of Famers. Some guys are just good that way. But overall, is that number of how how late in age year age you're effective is that going to go up? And this is what the Brewers did last year without a true starters. Number or one the, starter. The, the Rays, you mean? The Brewers. All oh, the Brewers without a true number one. Is that going to be more common? Is that going to catch on or <coughs> or not? Well, I think that's one thing the Reds are thinking about. And again, their lineup, you know, Kristen Yellick, did, was it? Who uh, was the first baseman who made the All Star team? 40 plus homers, yeah, you know? Yeah. Kind of like you. No one saw that coming. They just were able to hit the ball like crazy. The kid from the courthouse. If. Uh, yeah, Shaw. Well, and Kane came over, too, and helped him. If the Reds are wanting to do that, then they would not go out and get a number one starter. No, they're going to look at this, and they're going to, you know, and, they're, and, and they got... I think they will. I just... If they sign Keiko, they sign him. I don't think they're going to... I think people are going to ask... I mean, you're, you're, it's easy to say, well, I would trade whatever I could for these guys. But at some point, people are going to ask too much. And you're going to mortgage... Way too much sure. for a guy, and so I think I think um, I think that's what people are going to do. The Reds have been pretty shrewd the last couple of years of making some pretty good trades. I mean, the you know here and there, um, and the you know like the Frazier deals looking better all the time and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So those things they they've been pretty good at that, and um, I think I think they're. Um, um, the fact that they were willing to take on four guys who were in their contract year, last year of arbitration, it's like, we want to be better this year. We're tired of being last place. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's what this all comes down to, that they're, they're ready for that. The trouble is with our division, even though we're better, are we better enough to be out of the basement of our division? When you look at Pittsburgh, Milwaukee, oh, St. Louis. Cardinals picked up Goldschmidt. Well, you know, hey, if you if you win – 80 games and finish in last place, that's still better than 
you, f- you feel like, well, the next year maybe we can really make a move. So, but that's where the, the all these guys they just got in the trade, they won't have them the next year. That's, right. That's the concern. It's almost like this team's built for everyday players to win now. So that's where the pitching comes in. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit that way. That's yeah. for sure. That's for sure. Well, Don't you think they are going to get a number one? You know, if they did this, if they did this one and done deal, it could, it could. I, I, I think they want to sign Keuchel. I think they really want to. I think that the desire is there. It comes down to affordability. Can you make it happen? Can you do it without do trading you know? away all your great, all your bet? You mean giving up one of your top prospects? I can live with that. But you don't trade away your three best prospects. Yeah, you know, Michael, we don't have I mean, to worry crazy. about that. We don't but, have to worry about right. it. And that's why I'm willing to – that's why I say, you know, overspend. Over, overspend. Not maybe overspend. Not necessarily like, oh, we can't afford that. But he's – yeah, he's probably really only worth this a year. But we'll step up and go a little higher. That's the kind of overpay I'm, I think we're talking about. Who else right? is going – is there a Cubs or a Dodgers going after him as well? Is there a deep pocket? Who, who knows? Because then the the agent would hold out for that. Who knows? It just depends on how bad they really want him. You know, let's say let's say pick a just pick an arbitrary number. Let's say twenty million a year is kind of what everybody thinks he's worth, for instance. And the Reds are saying we'll go twenty two, and the Cubs might say the Cubs might have the ability to go twenty five. Doesn't mean they will if they think. Nah, we'll spend that money on somebody else. Yeah. We're not willing to spend twenty five on him. We'll spend it. We'll do this. Um, the Cubs haven't been that. The Cubs have been like completely silent this off season, which makes me think they're going to do something like sign a Keiko or something. But anyway, all right. Well, it's been a long show, but we had a lot to talk about and catch up on. So have we uh, solved all the problems? I think we have. <laughs> if they would just listen to us. I think the we brain the trust series every year. of Gilbert Jetterette Sizer could solve all the problems. <laughs> well, we try. All we need is a whiteboard and uh, <laughs> some money. That's all we need. <laughs> a whiteboard and some money. I like it. I like it. Then we could. Who's on your board? Who's on your board? All right. Well, spring training is mere weeks away, and maybe more additions to the roster are mere days away. You never know. Mm-hmm. early January, we could find out about somebody else coming into the fold. And, of course, after something like that happens, we'll be back to talk about it. But until then, for Dick Williams and Nick Crawl, this has been another exciting edition of the Three Old Reds fans. And as we always say, Go, Go Reds! Reds.